Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. Thank you for joining me today. I'm honored to be joined today by Jimmy Dore, here to discuss his perspective on what's been going on with COVID-19. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, it's great to be back. Good to see you. You as well. Apologize for the delay there in the beginning. You might not be surprised to find out that YouTube was messing with things before we got started. That's the same old story, right? <laughs> I had to change some things because they altered the link, but that's you know nothing to get into today. But thank you for being here today. We, I, I'm excited to talk about this because if you remember the past interview that we had, I, I was really honed, honing in on how impactful, how important comedy can be to reach people in regard to politics or anything else, because it kind of allows their guard to be let down and kind of opens that door. So you've been doing an amazing job in the past around foreign policy and calling these things out. And then COVID-19 kind of came around. And a lot of us were kind of thrown for a loop when this first started, you know, what's really happening, what's going on. So I wanted to focus today on, on how your opinion has evolved over the process of this COVID-19 situation and what your thoughts are around it and what you're seeing today. So uh, I'd like to start off with, you know, what was your impression of this when you first heard about this, when it first started, what, what was your impression of what was going on? So, I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was March 2nd. I was in Miami doing my last live date. And <clears throat> I remember flying home. There was a guy on the aisle uh, and he was all, he had like his glasses on, a mask on, gloves on, a hood. I was like, this guy's crazy, right? And, uh, and then a couple weeks later, you know, everybody was scared to death, right? And, uh, we had went into a lockdown and I got scared too, because I have underlying health conditions. So, so they scared the shit out of me about it. And right. I was wiping down everything. I was getting, I wouldn't even go to a grocery store. I was getting everything delivered. And then when it got there, I wipe it down. So I was fully hundred percent uh, petrified of getting it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think we all were to a degree, whether or not, you know, like, I mean, I'm always hyper skeptical of what's being fed to me by the government in any, any form, but I, even myself, like, and we've all evolved, evolved our understanding of these as the time's gone on a mask and understanding whether they work or not or whatever. But even myself in the beginning, you know, you don't know what's going on. So I, I was, I had a mask on, I was wiping things down, but I feel like I very quickly was like, okay, something's amiss here. So was that something you felt in the beginning that there was something that wasn't really adding up or you know, what, no. what was, you know, the first probably six months or so, so you were feeling this was just a typical outbreak and that we should be concerned about it. Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was believing what I was hearing. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, uh, so I, my doctors had told me, so and then the vax became available and my doctors were saying, yeah, you should take it. Uh, so I, I listened to them. <clears throat> And I didn't, you know, I knew I was going to take the vax because I had underlying health conditions and I was afraid to catch COVID. And because, uh, you know, it, it, I, I was just, that was it. I was afraid to die. Right. And, um, you know, most of my life I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> but now, anyway, uh, I, don't, I really don't want to die right now. <laughs> Maybe 10 years right. ago I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> uh, no kidding. I wish I was kidding about that. But um, uh, I think I have a death wish and a urge to live at the same time. I've had it my whole life. It's like the carry. It's like an opposite. But um, so then I so I didn't really. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to hear anything about the vax because I knew I was going to get it. So I was kind of afraid, and I was just like, 
uh, I'm just going to be okay. You know, everybody's going to be okay. I'm not, I didn't really look into anything. I didn't understand that it was even M mRNA technology, that it was a new thing that they've never uh, done before. And I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I just thought it was a vaccine. We've all get vaccines. And uh, I got sick. So the second time I got the, the, the second jab, I never got better. I stayed sick. I was exhausted all the time. Uh, I had body aches. I felt like I had the flu. Uh, so I, you know, this, and, and, uh, and then, and I was just like, Oh, you know, I just kept thinking it'll go away. And about four weeks in, uh, five weeks, in, five weeks, I got a stiff neck right here. Like all of a sudden I woke up, I had a stiff neck. Uh, my wife had a stiff neck and my producer had a stiff neck and we all got a stiff neck. We all got our jabs at the same time, right around the same time. And uh, we all got a stiff neck at the same, right, like within a week of each other. And it was on the side that the jab you get. So I got the jab on this side. I got a stiff neck on this side. They got the jab on this side. They get the stiff neck on that side. This is five weeks after the jab. Interesting. And so, and I'm still, so I tweeted out, I go, hey, you know, I got the thing on April 17th, my second jab, and I still feel like shit. And I told them all my symptoms. And uh, immediately people called me a liar. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> a liar. And then people said I was anti-vax. I'm like, no, I got the vax. I'm telling you what happened. And then other people said that I should shut up about it because it'll make other people hesitant wow. to get the vax. And I'm like, well, that's not how science works. You're not supposed to suppress data. That's, I'm pretty sure that's not how science, I'm not a scientist, I'm a comedian but I'm pretty sure that's not how science works. Suppressing data, <laughs> that, that's right. how to make the vaccine safer. Do you have any interest in doing that, making it safer? So we just ignore anything that's happening to people? So uh, that's just that was just stunning to me to see that kind of response, right? Mm -hmm. And I got contacted by a doctor, uh, Dr. Yoganda, and he goes by Dr. Yo, and um, he's leading a team of doctors investigating long haul COVID and people like me who present uh, medically as, as if I had long call COVID after I got the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So he did a blood test. So I had to go to a special place and they did a blood test and, and a draw and then they had to send it to a special place. And they, fig and they figured out that medically, biologically, I present as if I have long, call, long haul COVID. Right. So those are the people who never get better from COVID. Right. And right. so I present that way. And he had a theory that um, people that the you you can you get that some people have that reaction to the jab. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when he saw my um, uh, my my blood test came back, he was like, yep, do you this is exactly what we think. And we're writing a paper about it. So they've written, I think, at least three papers. One has been uh, already accepted and submitted for peer review. And the one that they're writing about this, about the back, the jab causing symptoms uh, of the long haul COVID, uh, he's, he's afraid that it won't get uh, accepted for peer review, but he's going to try. They're trying. So he's leading a team of other doctors and they're studying, they're treating at least a thousand people. And so they, so after that, after I realized that I had had this reaction that I got injured from the jab, I started to 
look into it. <laughs> because, right. As well, it's over. Uh, I, it's, you know, I might as well find out what's happening to me. And that's when I found, I stumbled on Dr. Robert Malone, mm. uh, who is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology. He's not the inventor of this vaccine, but right. he was the first one ever to do whatever it is that you do to get to use mRNA as a vaccine. He was the first one ever to do it. And there's no debate that he was the first one ever to do it. But then a bunch of other people built on his work. So then when the big pharma wants to discredit him because he's telling the truth, uh, they have to say things like, oh, well, he didn't uh, invent the mRNA. He was one of hundreds of no, he was the original. He was they, they all built on his work and no one will deny that. Uh, but they like to write the, you know, if you go to, to the war criminal edited uh, Atlantic, uh, they, they will tell you that they will try to they will try to confuse you about his role in that. So anyway, I, I um, so I, uh, Dr. Yo told me. So when I go in to see my doc, so I told so Dr. Yo contact is interesting. This is kind of interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, very much so. Go ahead. So, Dr. Dr. Yo contacts me through Twitter and he tells me I'm doing this study and here's we have a protocol for treatment that's successful and uh, you know go go see your doctor and explain it to your doctor and he said there's a good chance your doctor's not going to listen to you but you have to try and then it, let me know how it goes. And if it doesn't go well, I'll try to find another doctor for you in Los Angeles that's working with us. So I go to my, my primary care physician and I start to tell her what's wrong with me. And she just looks at me and she goes, I go, what? She goes, I have five people just like you. And she says, one of them's a neurologist, one of them's a nurse, and they're both afraid to talk about it. Oh, man because they're afraid to be stigmatized. And that's just amazing to me. So this was months ago, right? So this was maybe May or no, end of May. And, um, and so uh, she says, well, there's this doctor I know who's been treating this. And she says, Dr. Yo, I go, you know this guy? And she says, yeah. And I was like, oh, my prayers have been answered. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to convince my doctor. Like, look at my. And so my doctor was telling me horror stories because she was having to treat, you know, people with COVID in the hospital. They were understaffed and over patiented. And uh, she was talking about how she says they, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to treat this. They're giving us guidance based on nothing. And she said, we were told to do nothing for these people. And uh she, she said, I didn't listen to him. She said, I started uh, giving them treatment. I started filling them with steroids and they were, we were told not to do that. She says, but they're going to die anyway. And she goes, so the pay, so my patients started living and their patients died. Yeah, that's and unbelievable. That's why they call it practicing medicine. You got to try things. You got to try to do different things. And that's why you're allowed to prescribe off uh, label, right? Meaning this drug was uh, uh, approved by the FDA for this, but I'm going to try to uh, use it to treat this, right? Mm -hmm. So um, much like ivermectin, which right. just goes to show you that, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, so I started, so she started working with ice and I got on uh, fluvoxamine, ivermectin, prednisone. 
I was already taking vitamin D doses uh, and this thing called calcitriol, uh, which is also vitamin D like. And um, so what else did I do? Is that all I had to take? And so the fluvoxamine means for like brain fog. Hmm. Uh, and and um, so they're essentially treating you like you had COVID-19, even though you're this is a, you know, even your doctor would argue this is induced by the injection. Uh, well, I, I never had COVID. So yeah, that's right. exactly how they're treating. They're treating me as if I have COVID, even though I never had COVID. Very interesting. Um, Very revealing. So uh, and and I got and I'm getting better. I'm almost 100. percent I had uh, I still have uh, joint pain every once in a while. As and of I had, today, you still have these feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It, wow. Yeah. Not. It's not. But it's nothing like it was. I mean, I was down for the count, man. And uh, I had how, a, how long how, afterward did you still feel like you were like you were half speed? Like how many months until you felt like you were back to a somewhat normal? Um, I, I, you know, it was such a progressive. It was so mm -hmm. slow, it's slow. I'm trying to think of what I was doing. Uh, I would I, I was probably about 80 percent in July. I was probably back 80% in July um, after like a month of treatment, month and a half of treatment, you know? And um, yeah. And then it's th this last 20% has been slow, but I'm almost there. I would say I'm now 90 to 95% there. I just had a wicked uh, stiff neck and an occipital neuralgia, they call, they call it, which <laughs> makes your whole head hurt. And uh, I was just getting these horrible headaches, you know? And so uh, it's to say 15 minutes in the waiting room after your injection is a little undershot, right? <laughs> what you're dealing with. <laughs> yes. And I asked Dr. Yogo, do you see people getting occipital neuralgia from this? He says, yes. And I have a, we have a protocol to treat that. And um, so luckily it just went away from me. So now, I mean, I'm still, my neck is about, again, 90 and it's not a hundred percent, but um, so that led me to start looking into things and, uh, and then I couldn't bl uh, believe how ivermectin, the propaganda, it just goes to show you they can make people believe anything. So yeah. ivermectin, which was invented for humans, uh, has been prescribed over 3.2 billion times, has very little, almost no drug interactions, super safer than aspirin, and won the 2015 Nobel Prize for Human Medicine they can then make people, which they then found out, it can also be used for uh, farm animals and, and animals. They also, after it was being used for billions of human beings around the planet, they then found, so it wasn't the other way around. It wasn't invented as an animal medicine and then humans started using it. was the exact opposite. It won the Nobel Prize in 2015, not like 40 years ago, so people wouldn't know this. It was just happened. So what I'm saying is when the, the, you see a journalist, when you see negative articles calling it horse to wormer and stuff like that, those are journalists who are uh, uh, consciously lying to you. That just goes to show you that they know it's herd mentality and they have to tell this lie. Just like I know all the journalists didn't believe in Russiagate, but they said it anyway because it was a career ender to tell the other. I mean, look, they're still doing it to Matt Taibbi. They tried to mm -hmm. cancel him on Twitter after his Bill Maher parents where he told the truth about we... Anyway, so uh, that was amazing to see that they could make uh, 
I saw there was a, a producer from MSNBC tweeted out uh, horse dewormer, right? And I just went to the NIH and they had a paper published at the NIH website uh, of 18 randomized controlled studies, trials about ivermectin and what the results were mm-hmm. uh, and their use against COVID. This is from the NIH. I just, without comment, I tweeted it at this producer from MSNBC and then uh, Ken Clipperstein from the Intercept, the pro-censorship Intercept bullshit uh, fucking outlet, uh, then retweets me and says, Jimmy Dore's a horse dewormer now. And he got like 10 or 12,000 tweets, uh, likes on it. And I was like, do you realize that, that that was not my opinion? I just tweeted out a study from the NIH I don't know what's going on here, but it's weird that people have to be anti-science to now dunk on me. And that's as you're posting scientific studies, which is absurdly ridiculous when you think about it. (laughs) The whole thing is that they're the ones who are the side. We follow the science, unlike Trumpers and the morons. And it's like I'm literally tweeting out from the NIH. It's not from the National Enquirer and it's not from Breitbart. It's from NIH dot fucking whatever gov. And uh, I without comment. Right, right. That's you know, the craziest if got, part. If you got a problem with this study, say something about it. Mm-hmm. Don't call it horse to worm or don't. But they, that's what. So that just goes to show you the herd mentality of journalism and why I have a super popular show. Right. And uh, it's because people are tired of those that shit. They're right. tired of being lied to by people who take checks from billionaires, which is what the people at The Intercept are. And my favorite guy over there is Ryan Grimm. He takes a check for not one billionaire, not two billionaires, but three different billionaires. And somehow people th- get tricked into thinking he's a lefty <laughs> and he's out there giving the lefty point of view. The fucking guy takes a check from Jeffrey Katzenberg over at the Young Turks. Uh, was his top DNC donor, Mr. Establishment. He takes another one uh, from Pierre Omidar, right, who's pro-censorship and fired Glenn Greenwald. And then he takes another one from the billionaire who runs the Hill. This right. is unbelievable. Uh, anyway, so um, getting back to this story, that that was, I couldn't believe that, that that happened. I was like, wow, so logic, facts, these people have turned into the thing they claim to hate so they're like the flat earthers now science doesn't matter and it's just like keith oberman screaming into a camera over right. up from his penthouse apartment overlooking uh central park screaming about the unvaxxed and how we have to punish them and how they're afraid because he, he's saying that they're all trumpers right but in new york city uh 72 of the young black people are the ones who are not vaccinated right. so uh, it's just this you know, I, I, think, uh, I think what it begins to show us is that none of this stuff is sacred to most of these people, right? That they're, well, like you said before, they're going to go with the dewormer argument because it's safe. And it looks like you're, you know, you're playing within the narrative to make it look like you're fighting against something when really you're just towing the line. You know, I think that's what all of this is showing us. Yes, you're not, you're just, again, it's, you're just repeating propaganda because you're are a coward and you go along with herd mentality. Yes. And I can't blame regular people for thinking that ivermectin is some kind of redneck drug that people are in horse paste because everybody tells them that. And, uh, you know, then, you know, of course, that story that Rolling Stone started about all the people in the uh, Tennessee or wherever, Oklahoma, 
that were uh, the, they the couldn't treat gunshot victims. They couldn't yeah. treat gunshot victims because they were overwhelmed with people with ivermectin poisoning. You, you might appreciate this clip just since I happen to have it queued up right here, and you can laugh and comment after it. So things are clearly bad, but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. The emergency room in one rural Oklahoma town is being overwhelmed by people overdosing on ivermectin, the horse deworming medication. It's gotten so bad that gunshot victims, gunshot victims are having to wait to be treated. So go ahead, give me your thoughts on that, because there's many things to poke through right there. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just amazing that that won't show up on her uh, Wikipedia page. Right. But but even when I get something right, it'll follow me around for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like when I was right about this Syrian gas attacks being false flags. Uh, and uh, now they still say Jimmy Dore's a conspiracy theorist because uh, he he says that the, the Syrian gas attacks are false flags. Well, we've been proven. It's been proven true. That was exactly the whistle. The, the OPCW whistleblowers have proven out that were true. But that'll ne- but they'll never take that off of Wikipedia. And that'll never follow MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, Rolex, right. all Joy Ann Reed, none of the people who push that completely 100% false story. And by the way, the only thing you had to do to debunk that story was call the hospital. Nobody did it. It was reported by everybody. And the retract, by the way, Rachel Maddow never took down her tweet about it. Exactly. So this, that's this not. And so when you know censorship is selective because they'll never censor the establishment. They're only going to, again, it's never, you, if you lie at the behest of the establishment, never a price to pay. If you tell the truth that upends a lie by the establishment, you will be censored. This is why Guaido is technically still president in Venezuela, we're told, or why Bolivia is a democracy, right? You made a great point about this a while back that I revisit all the time about WikiLeaks. At least I heard you say this first, where it's obvious, where you can have Assange, somebody who reveals all the information, and we've all acknowledged that it's factually correct, and yet he's the one that's attacked, and anyone aligned with him is attacked, and not a single person has been gone after or investigated who show who was a part of the crimes we all admit were crimes. You know, it's just an obvious contradiction. But if 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 we could revisit one of the points you made at the beginning really quickly, because I think this is hugely relevant to where a lot of people are, is that we're, so you, do you feel that you did not have the full breadth of the information around this before you, you know, so you said your doctor said you should take this and you, and you weren't fully informed about it. And it's, it's a lot of people still believe that they're being informed by the media. Go ahead. How could you be informed by a, about a vaccine that just got, Invented. I don't. I didn't know anything. We didn't have any long-term, medium-term studies on it at all. Nobody right. knew. They're now. Now the NIH is ordering studies on the effects of the vaccines on women's menstrual cycles. After now they're women. doing that. right. Now, <laughs> now uh, in Canada, they're not. They're not allowing uh, males 24 and under to get the Moderna anymore. Hmm. Now, so they're finding things out about this all the time. Right. And so, no, how could you, it wasn't, but I did, um, yeah, I, I was almost in, intentional. I did not want to find out bad things because I knew I was going to take it and I was right. just going to cross my fingers. That's the and next so, part. That's important because I don't think anybody can be faulted for not being, in th- they chose to not inform us. Informed consent was not met and multiple studies have found that. But so the second part of it is interesting because I have a person, from a personal point, I have two members of my family that were in a similar situation that ultimately were, you know, were concerned for their well-being because they believe what they were being told, like a lot of people, like a lot of us did in the beginning, and ended up going through a similar situation where they now have heart problems and, and going forward. And what, what's interesting is I feel there's a level of, of, a, des, of a, a desire to 
not find out the negative because you're, you want to accept the choice that was already made. Right. And so how long do you feel that that was, do you feel that it was, it was the shot that you took the, the turning point for you where you just said, okay, that's, I need to look into this and going forward, it all begins to fall apart. Yes, that was what when I got sick. Right, right. So, so what what was what was the first part of it that you dove into that you feel like began to materialize or begin to, I guess, fall apart in front of you? Like, which not just the injection, but like what other aspects of this whole COVID nineteen narrative are beginning to seem also hollow to you? Or is well, there other parts of it? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I realized that they're lying about ivermectin because it's. Uh, it's a generic and it's inexpensive and you can't make any money off it. That's the, that's the funny thing. That's why they're like, even Merck says they don't recommend it for COVID. Yeah. You know why? Cause they can't make any money off because anybody right. can produce it. Uh, so, and, and why the demonization? So, and the demonization of it made no sense. Like why, why aren't we throwing the kitchen sink at COVID and find out what works? Why do, why the immediate demonization of it? Because it was working. And that's the other important point that you laid out there is that the doctors pretty much told you or you were told that they weren't giving anybody any treatment. I mean, I can't even understand how we can hear that, know that it's been admitted in other ways and and act like we're doing what we should be doing. My father was told the same thing. Go home, take Tylenol. Right. So we're overwhelmed, but you have an illness and we're telling you to come back once it gets worse. (laughs) It's like, but now we're overwhelmed. Like that seems like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And monoclonals are very effective in treating this, but they, they some, for some reason have a lot, lot of restrictions around who can get it, when they can get it. They're limiting the supplies to, to different red states and blue states. It's crazy, uh, but monoclonals are very effective. And for, if you get admitted, they for some reason, if you're admitted, they won't give you monoclonals, that you have to get it as an outpatient. Anyway, my, my uh, sister-in-law just got very, she just got COVID. She has an underlying lung condition where she probably could die. Uh, so she was vaxxed, got COVID, had 102 fever, and my brother was hip, and he went and got her the monoclonals. And in two days, it was like she never had, she was back to normal. So uh, that's the thing. They, they don't want, so it, it appears to me, as usual with big pharma, there's a big cash grab happening, and the, these people are, you know, they're proven psychopaths. The idea that that everybody in America went to goddamn big farm is a corrupting thing. And we get and they're all criminals and they're bribing the government to screw us over, which is true. And uh, to all of a sudden thinking they wouldn't ever, you know, that the head of the vaccine department at the FDA just resigned because of the bullshit that Joe Biden and his administration was trying to force through with the booster shots. That's a fucking fact. That happened. The head of the vaccine department thing at the FDA resigned over Joe Biden's politicizing fucking boosters and wanting to push them through before they were fully ready and tested. And they resigned. Uh, uh, What in the fuck else do you need to hear about this to know that these politicians are nothing but tools of the pharma industry, of course. By the way, the guy who was the former head of the FDA is now on the board of Pfizer from 2019. He's been on the board of Pfizer. 
so Jesus Christ, right? So this is the revolving door. This is called corporate capture of, uh, of our regulatory bodies. And no, you know, last year when they were giving Andrew Cuomo an Emmy for his handling of COVID, he was saying he didn't trust the FDA and he didn't trust the process. Whoa, that's the governor of New York as they're handing him an Emmy was saying that. Uh, but now you're not allowed to say that well, even as they're resigning over the bullshit that poli because politicians are meddling with fucking science. Yes. And so you're still supposed to just who am I supposed to trust? Dr. Fauci? I've got video after video. He's a pathological liar, just like Joe Biden is a path. I don't use that term lightly. These people are pathological liars. He lied about masks. His own admission, he admitted he lied about masks. He lied to Congress about funding with the Wuhan Clinic and gain of function. He lied about herd immunity. He repeatedly lied about those things. So this guy is a, and if you go back into his history, he's completely corrupted by money uh, and, the, and, the, and the drug industry. So uh, I, I don't, so I'm just saying, I had Dr. Robert Malone who invented the mRNA vaccine technology on my show. And of course he revealed that they're doing it. Then he said, you can't vaccinate your way out of a pandemic outbreak like this. What you're supposed to do is vaccinate the people who are the most vulnerable, and then the the virus circulates, becomes more contagious, but less deadly. And that's that's what he said on my show. And ever since then, everything I read that isn't propaganda, that was before COVID, says that's how you handle pandemics, and right. that's how you handle outbreak. And it's just like they've turned everything on its head. Uh, and he, he said, especially if you have a leaky vaccine, you can't vaccinate your way. You shouldn't be giving it to everybody if it's a leaky vaccine. And I said, what does that mean? He said, all vaccines are leaky, but some are more than others. And this one is super leaky. And we, meaning that even after you get vaccinated, you can still transmit it and you can still get it. That's what it's meant by leaky. Which and the science has shown over the years is what creates the variants. That, that and he, yes. Right. And they're trying to make it out like it's the unvaccinated. No, right. the vaccinate with the people, it has to work around harder. It, it's right. just. It's pretty it, common sense when you think about it. <laughs> so it, it's, um, I, it's it, the propaganda is just unbelievable around COVID. The Democrats don't follow the science. They only follow the science when it fits their political narrative. That's when they follow. Just like the Republicans, just they're, they're, by the, they're all bought and paid for by Big Pharma and Wall Street. And you know that Moderna's stock went up 500%. So I'm not a math major, but if you invested $2,000 in Moderna in February, 2020, and it's now up 500%, wouldn't, you, wouldn't that have made you a million dollars? I'm pretty sure 2,000 times 500 is a million. Right. The, the investments there are all over the place. Fauci and his scientists tied to Pfizer. Right. We saw all the people in the beginning of this cashing a lot of stock trades that made them millions of dollars right before this was supposedly aware of what was happening. Right. That never got dealt with. There's so much foreknowledge that's circulating around this, whether it's the you know, BlackRock financial plan, whether it's, you know, if you just went 201, I'm sure, which I'm sure you've discussed. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why we can see that to some level there was foreknowledge of what was about to happen, whether that I mean, why don't we just dive into that next topic then and, and give me your thoughts on 
you know, and this is just, you know, superficial, like your thoughts of what you've seen so far and people experts you've talked to. What are your thoughts on whether we're dealing with something that is just organic or whether this is something that potentially did come from some sort of a lab, whether that's, you know, bioweapon or leak or however you'd perceive that? What are your thoughts generally there? Well, it it seems like they've been trying to do this shit for a long time. Fauci, lie, why would he lie about it? Exactly. Uh, if if you didn't think he was doing something wrong, uh, they I know the Obama administration put a halt to gain of function research, and then Fauci found a way around it, where he fought, he funded the Echo Health Alliance, and Rand Paul, you know, they made Rand Paul look like Perry Mason. And, uh, With and publicly available information, which I think is funny, but yeah, it's, but I, I'd also add that it's, I, I tend to see it as a little bit bigger than just a Fauci thing because more people had to have been involved in the decisions to make that happen. I would even argue Obama himself, but at the end of the day, you're right that it, it well, focuses you know, in on Fauci. I don't think you can take anything off the table now, right? Now mm-hmm. that I've, I've caught Fauci lying repeatedly, repeatedly. And now that the FDA, uh, vaccine heads are resigning over the politicization and the push, uh, from Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden is just a, a demented uh, tool of big business. And so that's why they're doing what if they're if they're forcing a booster on people, it's at the behest of big business. And that's why that those people resigned too. it wasn't just one. It was two people at the FDA that resigned. And it wasn't just a moron. It was the head of the vaccine department. So um, speaks volumes indeed. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. the, the So I, I didn't. You know, looking into, I never really looked into Bill Gates before. Mm. And boy, is that a guy a shady motherfucker. It's interesting, isn't it? When you, because this is an interesting point too, and the, the, the evolving of the perception is it's, it's easy to see from the beginning why you, like, why anybody would say, well, that seems like a little bit of a jump. Like, why, you know, it makes him seem like some supervillain the way that you perceive it when you first look at it. But when you really dive into this, Whitney Webb's work has been outstanding on the same with Derek Rose. It's undeniable that there's a level of influence that's being, that he, that Bill Gates or the, or his foundation has along with all of this stuff, whether it's vaccines, whether it's the new direction of the great reset. And so it begins to seem a little bit, I mean, what the nefarious may be too strong for some people, but that they are driving things, whether it is, I don't think it's too strong, but for some people that, that they're driving this agenda in a way that benefits them, whether it was created or not. Right. So well, give me your thoughts on that. I'll tell you the most suspicious thing about all of this. So this is the, the by, by far, not the people resigning after Biden, not the most suspicious thing about all of this is that why would they want people who already had the coronavirus and now they have natural immunity that's much greater than you get from the vaccine? Why would they also want them to have to get the vaccine to the point where they're going to fire them from their healthcare job? And so in New York, I've, I, I looked into this. They're going to fire 72,000 healthcare workers. And, and, and part of the plan was replacing them with National Guard workers. Well, I found out that the National Guard workers were unvaccinated. They don't have a mandate to be vaccinated until June 30th, 2022. And most of them were unvaccinated. And so you're going to so you're going to replace highly qualified, unvaccinated medical workers with unqualified, unvaccinated National Guard. That doesn't make any sense, except when, you know, when all those nurses go back to the hospital to protest, the National Guard will already be there, I guess. (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) So it's just ridiculous. uh, If that and so they were so Dr. Fauci was asked by asked 
by Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN. The only time CNN has done any journalism about COVID or the vaccines, the only time Dr. Sanjay Gupta asked Dr. Fauci on camera, uh, hey, we're getting studies now out of Israel. We know that natural immunity gives, uh, having COVID gives you much greater immunity than the vaccine. Why are we mandating that people who have natural immunity uh, get the vaccine? And his response was, I don't have a really strong answer for you on that. That's incredible. And so, wait a minute. So you don't know why you're doing something? You're going to fire 72,000 workers and you don't know why the fuck you're doing that? Well, now my antenna goes up that there's some scammery happening. I mean, that if that doesn't make you see what is happening here, that's about money. That's about big pharma. And so the more people get vaccinated, the more money goes to big pharma, the more money goes to Wall Street, the more money I'm sure goes some, somehow into Fauci's pocket. And uh, that's, that's exactly what this is about. And anybody who trusts Dr. Fauci is a straight up chump, a fucking willing dupe, and you get what you deserve. Go ahead. You're going to trust that piece of shit, lying motherfucker. I don't have any, I have no sympathy for those people. If you don't see that that guy's a liar, it's the Trump derangement syndrome. That's all this is. And they're so easily manipulated by the establishment media. You know, they kicked Donald Trump off of social media because he's so dangerous, yet everybody on social media keeps quoting him. What the (laughs) fuck? And, and the, the, the most obvious reality here the thing, uh, to, to point out, and I'm glad you brought up natural immunity, is that there has been a body of evidence that's been there from the beginning of this, of the conversation that's continued to be ignored. Even from the, the interesting back and forth about the Israeli study. And I'll, I'll, I'll send you these when we're done. I mean, there's been studies from 2020 forward, from the Lancet, from the WHO, from the NIH, as you were pointing out before, around ivermectin, but in this regard, natural immunity, all of which say the same things. Robust, lasting immunity, T-cell, memory B, all of it. I mean, it's amazing to me that the Lancet can say this and it's very clear, and yet he can sit there and be like, we don't know for sure. I mean, it, that show, as your point, that there is no way to not see that as a dishonest act. Either he's the most incompetent person in his position that's ever been, or he's hiding things from you, you know, and that's, I agree with you. And especially while people like you and I are waving the information in front of you and you're still trusting people like Fauci, it's hard not to be frustrated by that. Well, but I want to they, they, they don't have they don't have a reason why uh, people who have natural immunity should get the vaccine, yet they're going to fire you for not getting it. Well, that's not about health. And if they're going right. to fire healthcare workers because they're unvaccinated and replace them with unvaccinated National Guard workers, then that's not about health either. Right. You know, 200,000 people would still be alive if we had Medicare for all that died from the coronavirus. So now there's 700,000 people dead. But when there was only 600,000 people dead, they'd released a study that said 200,000 of those 600,000 would still be dead. A third of those those people would still be alive who are dead now if they had Medicare for all. But they're not going to give you fucking health care. What they're going to give you is a mandated jab, even if you already had COVID. This isn't about health care. And if people can't see that, they're fucking naive in the extreme. I agree. I agree. Now, I would I would put the caveat on the numbers because we know we have the PCR with the false positive. We know we've got the combination of flu and influenza with the COVID numbers or flu and pneumonia. Right. So just I just always point that out, that those numbers are at the very least not completely accurate. But I want I want to get your opinion on this in the same point. So this is what we're now seeing. And this is the absurd. We can maybe just finish up on this point. This is the absurd evolution of this conversation. Like you're saying, so it starts off where we don't know, or if the vaccine's better or so on. And we're watching the waning conversation. The the last study I saw puts the waning after the injection, after two months, 
two months, it begins to dramatically drop off. And, it, and as we said before, and I'll include these links in the, in the show, all of the main people they tell you to listen to are telling you that your natural immunity is not only lasting, durable, and robust in every possible way, but that in fact, most people had it reactivity, immunity in regard to memory B or antibodies before COVID ever came around because of the cold, because of SARS, because of a lot of reasons. So it's ridiculous to think they're going to force this on people that don't need it, especially when their risk is dramatically low. I don't know if you saw the Oxford calculator, 19 and under one in a million chance of dying. But look at this tweet here for those in the podcast. It reads, if you're fully vaccinated against COVID, the next step to improve your immunity may actually be to catch the virus. Experts warn. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that, Jimmy. I mean, they just keep moving the goalposts. They keep just inventing. So, uh, and this idea to blame your neighbor, blame somebody who's unvaxxed for this. No, the people who should be responsible for this is the ruling class. Exactly. Again, they won't give you health care, but they will give you a jab. And then, and, and worse. And by the way, you can't, you can't sue. Like, so now I got injured. Now, you can't sue them because they passed a law that gives them immunity from any lawsuits if Mm -hmm. someone's got injured from the vaccine. And I said, well, why would they pass a a law like that? And someone said, because it's safe. (laughs) Wow. That, that's someone buying the narrative for sure, right? I mean, it's incredible. So if it was safe, why would they need indemnity, right? It's just this circle around. Of- <laughs> I yeah, that's kind of. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that's, the, uh, that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, is it safe? They give you the jab. And then I go, okay, yeah, I feel good. I'm going to go home. No, you have to stay here for 15 minutes. Why? Because you might die. Okay, you told me <laughs> it was right. safe. So... Um, yeah, so uh, the idea that you're supposed to suppress data, you're supposed to not talk about your effect. I mean, look what they did to um, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton just talked about, about um, you think Eric Clapton's making shit up? You think he's making it up? Why would he all of a sudden decide to make shit up about this? And uh, so anyway, it's just, and so there's going to be a lot more stories like this. They're, again, the NIH is now, uh, they're paying for a study to see how it affects women's menstrual cycles. Uh, the anecdotal evidence is overwhelming. It is. Uh, and, you know, I'm talking to more people. My hairdresser just got, she was pro, super pro-vax, right? We, uh, and uh, she got her booster and she's been stiff ever since. She goes, I can't really move right. And so there's lots of those stories and more and more are going to come out and, uh, I think that you should, again, I'm not anti-vax. You should uh, do it like Dr. Robert Malone said. You should vaccinate the vulnerable, but everybody should be made aware of the of the exact risks. Exactly. And- or the fact that we don't fully understand the risks even now. I would simply argue that we should have a choice. That's all it ends up with, right? That it, right. Even the elderly or anybody else, it should be our decision. Well, if they if they're ordering studies about how it affects women's menstrual cycles, how could you make someone take that and you don't really know how it's going to affect them? And by the way, most people survive COVID. That's the weird thing. Vast majority. So once I started to realize that, and now I realize that there's actual treatments for it, right? So there's monoclonals, and uh, now they're starting to find out that. Well, I don't want to say things that. Or, but they're, they're finding out a lot of Pepsi, the Dr. Robert Malone found out that that was effective treatment. There's lots of different things. Vitamin that D. Work. 
Vitamin D, you know, vitamin D to improve your immune system, like basic understandings of how to generally be safe against respiratory. Like these are all things that we've known for a really long time that they've come out and just acted like are now fake news to the to your point you made before that everything's just flipped. Suddenly COVID's changed everything. And so uh, what made me uh, suspicious, I'm watching, so I'm watching PBS and there, Judy, I think Judy Woodwolf is interviewing uh, Bill Gates, right? And they're talking about the vaccines and how we're going to roll these out and how to stop it. And right in the middle of them, like, why the fuck are they asking this guy? And why, how did he become, this guy's a college dropout. He's not a virologist. He's not a doctor. He's not a scientist. He's just a billionaire monopolist. And somehow I'm supposed to believe that that guy gives a shit about me and vaccines and then I found out that that very news show that I was interviewing him about the vaccines, he pays for their medical reporting. Shocking. And then I found out that he also funds like the making of vaccines. He funds, he then funds uh, the coverage of the vaccines, right? right? So this guy's got a real scam going on. He co- he pays for coverage in lots of things. He's donated money to all different kinds of news organizations. And he's manufacturing news coverage of the vaccines that he happens to be pushing and doing whatever. And I'm just like, this doesn't seem right. What the fuck is this guy up to? And why are they? And uh, how about, how about buying all the farmland or investing in in impossible meats? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, just to keep it, just to keep it on vaccines. So uh, Oxford, when they invented their vaccine, they were going to give it away for free. So all the poor countries could have it. And uh, guess who intervened? Bill Gates intervened with Oxford and convinced them to sell it because, and then they got made all the profits. Mm-hmm. So this guy is not a philanthropist. And the reason why he said he was meeting with Jeffrey Epstein was because Jeffrey Epstein was supposed to connect him with donors for his philanthropy. You got to get somebody to introduce you to people with money. Really? <laughs> the richest guy in the world needs somebody else's money. Go fuck yourself. I'm, is- feel, I'm feeling a eugenics tie right there, personally. I mean, and the 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 history there is undeniable. The oh, the Galton Institute is group that they're all working what they were before Epstein, you know, disappeared. <laughs> and the point being that there's a lot of ties there with this, the, the tie in with the direction that they're driving right now. And I think that's the the point right there in regard to it, it ties in with all of this because the vaccine, the infrastructure, the passports, the Great Reset, it all drives in the direction of the world that they're trying to build even using health, in my opinion. And so I think is, that Bill Gates buying up the farmland and go ahead. Yeah. What does the Great Reset mean to you? How do you explain it to people? Well, I mean, it's from a surface level perspective, it, it is in what they what they're telling you it is is a you know collaboration of different think tanks and public private partnerships and groups around the world that are getting together to provide solutions to the problems that we're all facing. The problem is that those solutions err aggressively on what benefits these select grouping of people in the top. And of course, driving an aggressive technocratic future, which gives them more control, more control over the internet, more control. And that's all it is. There's another thing called the greater reset that Derek Rose is working on, which basically just offers alternative solutions to the same problems they're presenting. It just, it always drives in a direction that is technology, and aggressive control over that world. You've seen the article, I'm sure, that says, hey, it's 2030, you own nothing, and you've never been happier. Maybe if you have, that's an article that's been put out by the World Economic Forum, and it's been shared by multiple other outlets. And their argument is, hey, look, we're just kind of glancing into the future. It's 2030, you don't own anything, and you've never been happier. And you read the article, and it's like, oh, you don't have a car, you don't own any clothes, everything you have to get, you rent or you buy. And guess who? Somebody has to own that stuff. Guess who it is? The centralized controllers at the top. 
right? Now, if there were altruistic people that only cared about you, sure, maybe that would be okay, but I'm pretty sure we know that's not what's happening. So it's a concerning step forward. I think that's where all of this is driving. That'd be my opinion. Uh, I don't, I'd have to go read that article. I don't yeah. know. Wow. Well, just, I recommend just looking into the great reset and our, our website's got a lot of it, but there's a lot of great work from James Corbett and others, you know, and it just, whether or not that is the, the only reason for all of this, it's very obvious that they're capitalizing on what COVID-19 is creating to drive in something that they've been telling you they've wanted for 20 years, right? So whether it's opportunistic or created, that's up people to decide. So just look at how... You, you, you need any more proof how the United States is uh, a complete oligarchy, oligarchy uh, and not a democracy whatsoever, is that when other countries locked down to fight COVID and they had to just lock down people's businesses, they paid their salaries, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right? They didn't do that in the United States. They just said, stay home and fucking pound sand and screw you. Well, and but and get everything you have to get from Amazon, so Je- Jeff Bezos could make an extra right. trillion. And in the meantime, we're going to transfer five trillion dollars upward while helping you guys zero, literally five trillion dollars to all the businesses and the richest fucking one thousand people in the country. And the United States people did not revolt over that. I mean, which means that they'll never revolt. I don't. I mean, now there's there there, there are worker strikes happening uh, all over the place. Uh, of course, it doesn't get much coverage. Uh, but I can't believe people put up with that. So why would the capitalists, that's what, that's, so you want to see what capitalism is? That's capitalism. They'll just fucking close your business. They don't give a shit. And they'll, they don't care that there's homeless people under every bridge in the United States. They don't care that you don't, can't get healthcare. They don't care. And I mean, they, George Carlin said it 10, 15 years ago, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck at all, at all, at all. And you think they do. You think Joe Biden cares? You think Pfizer cares? Moderna cares? You think Blue Cross cares? They do, Wall Street cares? They do not care. And so the United States is, I would say, as close to Brazil as you could get without being, I mean, the income inequality is bigger than since the Gilded Age. So before that, you got to go back to the time of the Egyptians. So, I mean, what's happening? And there's nobody's got a plan to fix it. Joe Biden won't even give us a a $15 living wage, which isn't even a living wage anymore. Uh, They They won't even want to fix it. They don't want to fix it, I argue. I think the plan, I think what they want to give the illusion of is of of trying to do what's right for you while continuing what's completely self ed it's it's advantageous for them and the entire government on either side in my opinion to keep the system going in a way that allows them to be rampantly lawless lawless excuse me right i mean that's what's happening right now look at like a gavin a gavin newsom situation where it's like well he's kind of doing his own thing but they're kind of letting it happen right i mean there are people are just going their own directions right now and i think that's what this has culminated to is increasing rampant lawlessness what I love about Gavin Newsom is that uh, while he's tweeting out uh, pictures of forest fires in California saying climate change is real, he's also approving 370 uh, something fracking permits. <laughs> Right. Because he really cares about it, doesn't he? Right. You know, and that's the great, that's a, the great point right there. I mean, that sums it all up. I mean, this is what we're seeing in every possible angle is people that are 
you know, lip service to everything they think anyone they're talking to cares about while then doing whatever else they want to do. We need to realize these people are not the living embodiment of their constituencies. That's the opposite. I mean, they're telling people what they want to hear and they're driving forward their agenda. And that's why I think your work has been very important in this regard is showing people that. Like, I mean, my, me personally, I would, I'm driving it even further in, in the two party false paradigm entirely. Doesn't mean that we don't have our politics, but it means that the government is abusing those party lines to force things to, to, to divide us at the end of the day. And I think well, that's the whole thing is division. That's all it's right. about now. You know, um, I forget who I forget who the guy was. I saw Max Blumenthal interview, I forget the guy's name, but he was making the point that, you know, Brexit and the election of Trump was, you know, the filthy unwashed sticking their thumb in the eye of the oligarchs and they can't have that. So the problem, a big, you know, Donald Trump was a small problem. The bigger problem was Donald Trump's uh, followers. And so that's, there's been a big push to discredit them. And, and, uh, did, and I don't know if you're up on that, but did you know that there was a similar, you know how January 6th happened? Hmm. There was a similar thing that happened in, uh, was it Germany? What? But um, anyway, how come we don't see an investigation about the cops that pull? I saw videotapes of the cops pulling back the gates and letting people in. Right. I saw videotapes of cops taking selfies with those people inside. Right. What, what, I, and how, and you telling me, anyway, it's just. Well, the FBI did investigate and walk away and said there was no coordination. I mean, there's also, how about the fact that there was an FBI agent and two different militias that were there, or there was also a psychological operations military agent that was with one of these groups. Of course, she was off duty. All this has been verified, right? On even the mainstream media tacitly report, uh, grudgingly reported this stuff. But you're right. Nobody cares about those things because it has to be an insurrection. Anyway, uh, it, it's only going to get worse. And I, I can't believe people aren't uni uniformly standing up against vaccine mandates, especially when we know we can't vac vaccinate our way out of this pandemic. And if you want to go get vaccinated, you can go get vaccinated. So then you're protected. You, we're all going to get it. That's the other thing they're not telling people loudly enough is that we're all going to get COVID. It's not going away. We cannot get rid of it. That's not from me. The WHO admits that. So, and we're all going to catch COVID. So we should prepare for it. There are things you can do to help treat it. There's monoclonals, right? Uh, there's iver, there's ivermectin. There's uh, uh, fluvoxamine. Healthy lifestyle. <laughs> there's healthy lifestyle, right? Hey, look at it in Africa, right? Uh, and... You know, there's, this, there's a state in India, 237 million people. They declared that the COVID's over and there's only 17% vaccination rate. Right. Uh, and they chalk it up to their uh, ivermectin. Uh, so uh, we're all going to get it. And they want us to blame each other instead of blaming the ruling class for the pain that has been inflicted on us uh, over the, over, in, in the name of science. Uh, this again, there's nothing scientific about uh, what they've been doing. So, uh, so anyway, anyway, um, I got to run, but it's been, it's yeah. been great uh, talking to you. Great, great uh, conversation. You as well. Thanks for joining me, Jimmy. And we can, you know, definitely leave it there. I think the obvious point is this should be your choice. We're living in a country where we pretend that's all we care about, freedom of choice and freedom. And then we just say, oh, but we're scared. So we're going to put it on pause. You know, that's not how that works. So thank you for being here and discussing this, Jimmy. I, I, it's great to see the, the interviews you've been having. I think you're knocking out of the park with this and I hope you keep going on it. So thanks for joining me and hopefully have you back on soon. And as always, okay. oh, go ahead. Any, any last thoughts for us or is that it? No, that's it. Okay. And as always, everybody out there, question everything. 
come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.